Hi, this is Alan Ruff, the Thursday host of A Public Affair. If you have a moment and uh, the resources, remember to support the station. And if you will, head over to wrtfm.org to donate and to see what else is going on at the station. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring the truth to place. And good afternoon. Welcome to this, the Thursday edition of A Public Affair. I'm your host for this hour, Alan Ruff. Before we jump into the content of our public affair today, I want to remind you, our listeners, that we're drawing to a close within a couple more days of the uh, winter fundraising drive here at WORT. We can't do what we do, bring you the news, the analysis the arts and culture and music uh, that we do here at the station 24-7-365 without you sustaining us or sustaining your ears. Give us a call anytime during this hour at 608-256-2001 or you can pledge online at wrtfm.org. With me in the studio here to help out uh, with this Funding appeal is Madison activist, former alder from the North End, where we're going to be focused today in large part, uh, Rebecca Kemble. Rebecca, a brief word as we so we can get into our program. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me here. Um, I just want to underscore that in this climate of uh, intense media consolidation, WART is the bulwark against all kinds of propaganda, all kinds of fake news, all kinds of... Um, you know, mainstreaming and corporatizing of music and information. And we really do need you to support uh, this station. Um, We're looking for 10 donors today. Call 608-256-2001, extension 1. You know, as part of its declared mission, which Rebecca just alluded to, Ward has long provided a forum for perspectives on a broad range of public issues and concerns too often given limited, if any, attention by the mainstream corporate media. In keeping with that mission, I thought it only fitting that today's program, my last during the station's winter pledge drive, focus on a key issue of concern throughout the Madison region. That is the projected arrival and basing of some 20 F-35 fighter jets at Truax Field on the city's north side, uh, slated to begin this year. Joining us to discuss a number of concerns surrounding the F-35s and where things stand at present are three activists involved with Safe Skies, Clean Water, the grassroots community organization opposed to stationing the warplanes at Truax. With us are Steve Klafka, Jane Kavalowski, and Paula Rogi. Jane Kavalowski is a Quaker activist long involved in peace and justice work, She was a decades-long school social worker on Madison's north and east sides, where she developed award-winning programs in peace education, restorative justice, and service learning. Jane has been deeply concerned about the impact of the F-35s on the health and well-being of the children and families in the diverse neighborhoods surrounding Truax. Dr. Paula Rogge is a family physician and former clinical assistant professor of in the UW Department of Family Medicine, as well as a longtime campaigner for nuclear disarmament, currently a board member of Physicians for Social 
Responsibility Wisconsin. She's been researching and speaking out regarding the adverse effects of the F-35 basing at Truax on Madison's East Madison's residents. And finally, our third guest today is Steve Klafka. Steve is a Madison-based environmental engineer long involved in addressing local noise problems. An early member of Safe Skies Clean Water, he has worked to inform residents and public representatives regarding the F-35's anticipated impacts. He's currently currently is helping with legal challenges filed by Safe Skies as well as varying lobbying efforts. So welcome to the three of you, uh, Paula, Jane, and Steve. Welcome. Nice, nice to have you today. Steve, I'm gonna st- I'd like to start with you. That is, before going into some of the finer points and concerns that the three of you have been immersed in, I'd like to start perhaps with a brief sketch or overview of the F-35 issue. Some background for those in the wider listening audience who might not be up to speed. Uh, Steve, you've been involved with Safe Skies from early on. Can you perhaps provide some bit of that overview? Uh, sure. Thanks, Alan. Um, as I mentioned, Truex Field is uh, located on the east uh, side of Madison, adjacent to the county airport. Uh, that's where the Wisconsin Air National Guard is based. And uh, the Guard has an unusual mission here of training fighter jet pilots. And they've been doing that with uh, F-16 fighter jets for a while. And uh, those are aging. And uh, unbeknownst to us, the uh, Air Force was looking for locations to site new generation F-35 fighter jets. These are $100 million jets. with nuclear capability. And um, in 2016, they selected Truax Field to receive a squadron of these jets. Uh, Residents didn't know this until the following year when it was publicly announced. Uh, At that time, um, since we already knew that the current fighter jets were a problem for uh, area residents, including um, our groundwater contamination from the firefighting foam the guard had used. We kind of jumped in action saying, we, this is a bad idea to bring these jets to Madison. And uh, so in 2019, uh, the uh, Air Force prepared an environmental impact statement and uh, Safe Skies, our local group, was involved in critiquing that and providing comments. Um, there were about 8,000 total comments submitted on that environmental impact statement for the five sites that the Air Force looked at. 6,000 of those comments were specifically for Truex Field. So there's a lot of controversy associated with bringing fighter jets to an urban location like this. Uh, In the next year, 2020, despite much objections from residents as well as resolutions by our city council and the school board opposing Field, the Air Force still continued to uh, propose to bring the jets to Truex Field, and that's going to be happening um, this spring if they stick to their schedule. Um, Since they made that decision, we've continued to be active to fight the decision and see what we could do to reverse it. You're listening listening to Steve Klafka of Safe Skies Clean Water, 
He's joining us today along with Paula Rogi and Jane Kavalowski, uh, activists uh, involved in the opposition to the F-35. Rebecca, we, uh, as Steve was talking several times, uh, someone came in and handed you pieces of paper with folks... Alan, this, as you said, this information about F-35s is rarely anywhere in our media. Sometimes Kurt Hubbard will, um, from the State Journal, will write about it, but we don't get the depth of information that your show is able to provide. And we've got so much support for your show, Alan. People love you. People love your show. Our good pal Harry Richardson just called in. He loves APA on Thursday and Friday, local news and labor radio. Um, He says, I really appreciate Alan's depth of knowledge on peace and world issues. Uh, Roberta Johnson gave a generous donation from Madison, one of your neighbors, I believe. Um, We have another new donor, Jean from Madison, um, donated. And boy, Betsy Lawrence, here we go. Uh, Just uh, Beth... Um, says, old and dear friend of Alan's, too busy on Thursdays, newer listener to her show, but we're big fans. So um, Beth likes Burt's shows and labor radio and uh, public affairs. So thanks. Doing great. All right. So let's get back to, let's get back to the content of, of the program. Uh, Paula Rogi, a, a major concern, of, talk about the major concern of those opposed to the F- F-35 presence at Truex. Uh, which centers on the noise levels. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Alan, for having us. I think the key thing we need to let people know is that the F-35s will really be four times as loud as the old F-16 jets that were stationed at Truax. There'll be a 20 decibel difference in takeoff and landing sound levels, which translates into perceived uh, increase in loudness of 40. Uh, It's of like four times. Um, and, you know, as far as the safe level of noise, we have the government and military estimates. We know that in the workplace, 80 decibel, 85 decibels is for eight hours is allowable because they, NIOSH, the Institute for Occupational Safety Health, figures that during their off hours, workers um, are exposed to very low level of noise and it balances out that high level. So we, we do have problems with this day-night average sound level that uh, both the EPA and the FAA are, are touting. Um, they're saying that, that as a day-night sound level of 65 to 70 decibels is safe. It will not cause hearing loss. They admit it will cause disturbances. But, you know, our concern is, is hearing loss, number one. We know that uh, these DNL standards don't take into consideration the effect of impulse sound which is the sound you hear when a jet, a fighter jet is flying over. And uh, during takeoff and landing, that can be as high as 115 decibels with the, just with the F-16, um, excuse me, the F-35, the, the latest studies we've, we've um, come into contact with. And the impulse noise is especially dangerous because it bypasses the body's natural protective reaction to noise, which is when the muscle of the eardrum triggers shift in the position of middle ear bones so that they pull back from the cochlea and don't transmit all that sound energy to the inner ear. Um, so every time a jet goes over, um, our, our body, the acoustic reflex, doesn't have time 
to adjust to that loud noise the way it would with a continual, like a continual, like uh, a steady state noise. And we're concerned that children are more vulnerable to noise because their brains are still developing. They have less control over their environments. They can't cover their ears or move. We're concerned about not only effects to hearing, but also the medical effects, the uh, health-related effects. We know there are many studies showing direct links between noise and health, including not just hearing loss, but stress-related illnesses, high blood pressure, interference with speech, uh, trouble with sleep, and lost productivity on the job because of all these health issues. And um, with children, again, it's important to notice that kids, um, if they're exposed to high levels of noise during critical periods of development, this can affect uh, the development of their brain and the acquisition of speech, language, language-related skills. And Jane is going to talk about this more, but there's a lot of evidence to show that noise negatively impacts children's attention, concentration, their memory. There was a German study that looked at um, kids living near a Munich airport and found that they lagged, uh, that their scores uh, lagged uh, in terms of reading, and also they had decreased long-term memory. But these improved when the airport was moved to the detriment of the children in the new airport neighborhood who then experienced decreased long-term memories, reading, and speech perception. So, and then there's the other additional psychological uh, issues, um, particularly on vulnerable children, such as children with uh, autism spectrum disorder, um, it, it, we know that non-auditory non health effects can include anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, hyperactivity, nervousness, helplessness. So uh, I think that's, that's a quick summary. And then later I'll talk about, I can talk about sound mitigation. I, let's, let's stay with sound mitigation for a moment. Uh, that, okay. is, that is, I found it very interesting, almost uh, uh, non-coincidentally, that uh, Senator, uh, U.S. Senator, Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin announced just a few days ago um, that the Wisconsin Department of Military Affairs is receiving $798,000 grant from the Department of Defense to conduct community outreach, noise mitigation planning, and to prepare for the F-35's arrival at Truax Field. I'm wondering if I get maybe even a little round robin here, your thoughts on mitigation uh, and Tammy Baldwin's uh, involvement in, well, in, in essence, promoting or assisting um, the uh, basing of the F-35s here. Steve. Um, yeah, when I, I was surprised to see Tammy Baldwin announce that $800,000 grant and the first thought that came to my mind was, boy, she is a day late and a dollar short because we've been fighting this for years, trying to meet with Tammy Baldwin to, to understand her support for these jets. And she's refused to meet with us. And, and many of our complaints have been about the inability of the Air National Guard, the Air Force, and the county airport to reach out to the community that's going to be impacted by these jets. And I don't know, it's way too late for them to start deciding they're gonna have a community outreach program. And if anything, maybe they'll use this money for a propaganda campaign to tell us how wonderful these jets are. 
Because I, I think they, they're way overdue for reaching out to the neighborhoods that will be impacted. And let's step back a second, and, and for those that might not be familiar, what mit- what this business about mitigation is? What is mitigation in this in this essence or in this sense? Mm-hmm. Well, I can speak to that briefly. Maybe Steve as well. It's mainly replacing windows, doors, and also installing insulation. Sorry. Uh, and, you know, I think I, I, it's really important to add that, you know, the FAA point person in Burlington estimated that the cost to soundproof a home in the 65 to 70 decibel zone around the airport would be around 40000 Now, this was a couple years back. And he said that um, a low estimate for the total cost of sound mitigation in Burlington is $100 million. And uh, to put this in perspective, um, they uh, are they're going to spend 3.5 million just to soundproof one school that's near the 65 decibel zone. So it's going to be very expensive. It's going to take a long time in Burlington. They estimate it'll take 52 years to to soundproof or mitigate 2,600 households. We we have half as many households affected here, but that if we go by those stats, it could take 25 years to to. To, to mitigate sound in these um, people's homes. And we're not even talking about the outdoors. I mean, what do we what do we do when people are outdoors? Do we need to carry, um, you know, sound canceling headphones with us? Um, and sound canceling headphones only cancel out sound in the noise levels in the acoustic range, what where humans can hear. It doesn't block out very high frequency or very low frequency uh, noise. I want to I want to bring Jane Kavalowski into the conversation here. Jane, what are your main concerns regarding the F-35s? Well, having worked in the Madison schools for 30 years, I'm, I'm very concerned about the impact that, that these planes and the noise they create, will, uh, the, the devastating impact it will have on children and their academic success. Um, and it, really, I can. Uh, there's three things I'm particularly concerned about that has to do with academic achievement. First is what I, Paula has already referred to. It's that this, when you hear these noises every day, loud noises, it just is difficult for, to, for children to concentrate, for students to concentrate. The teacher starts to teach a lesson. The plane comes. The teacher has to stop, wait, start over. Mm-hmm. Again, many children will have already been disengaged, become disengaged, and uh, the, and so it's going to be the responsibility of the teacher then is to sort of regroup the group and get them to focus in again, and that's going to make teaching incredibly difficult. Um, another concern I have, it's also what uh, Paul implied, is a stress hormone, uh, because we know that just the noise alone can increase stress responses, and that means anxiety, depression, sleep problems. And that doesn't even take into account the kinds of issues that kids come to school with anyway. They're already anxious sometimes about what's happening at home or with their friends or they're, they're feeling depressed, they've lost their self-confidence. And so to impact those stresses with this stress, the additional stresses caused by the, the, the planes is just an it's just unimaginable to me. Um, and then when you combine the stress, the increase in stress hormones and, uh, and the uh, interruptions of concentration through the day, it, it's pretty easy to imagine how difficult it's going to be for students to really achieve academic success. Um, 
we know it's critical that children need to be at grade level in reading by third grade, that that's kind of a benchmark to determine a child's future academic success. There are three elementary schools that are only one mile from Truex, and all of them have children who are struggling to perform academically at grade level. And then to have these jets come into their neighborhood to compound it with these other challenges, it's just unconscionable. It's, um, this is where the academic achievement gap begins, and this is immoral, that we would, put sub we would intentionally subject children to things that are going to hold them back and retard their academic development. And we're trying so hard to achieve academic success across the board. You, you know, Jane Kowalewski, um, I, I've, in reading some of the literature you know, going back a ways now, I've always found it interesting that, that according to its own study, uh, a study done by the Air Force has projected that the F-35 basing will have, quote, disproportionate impact on people of color, low-income communities, and, and, and children. Uh, there it is. They, they say it right up front. Uh, uh, but there's, I guess, some kind of cognitive dissonance here going on. Yeah. That, uh, it's interesting. They were very honest, and it's very true. In fact, I was looking at the 2022 census data, and according to that, in Madison, 16.4% of the residents of Madison are living at or below poverty level, 16%. But when you look at the areas, the neighborhoods surrounding 2X, it's much higher than that. In fact, um, I identified about 15 neighborhoods where the average um, poverty level is between 20, 20%, 30%. In fact, one neighborhood had a poverty level at 36.3%. Uh, so that's almost double what the city of Madison has. And then in terms of um, people of color, they Air Force refers to people of color. So I looked at that census data and in Madison, 27.1% of the residents are considered minority people of color. Um, and the mayor's office also then again identified the neighborhoods around Truex and again, I it was, it's astonishing. Instead of 27%, these neighborhoods, and I counted about 15 of them, uh, have averages of, of minority populations of 30%, 40%, 50%, even 60%. In fact, one neighborhood had a re had residents, uh, minority residents were at 66.5%. Um, um, and one of the things that comes to mind for me, you know, when something is toxic or unhealthy like a polluting factory or a toxic dump or the f-35s are placed in a residential area that has a very high density of low income and people of color uh, residents then we call it environmental injustice we call it environmental racism and do we want to live in a city where there is such a blatant example of environmental racism, environmental injustice? I think it's, it's, change, it's going to change the whole ambiance of the city. I'm going to take a little break here once again to do some business. Uh, that is joining me here in the studio is Rebecca Kemble, former Northside Alder, who's been, well, she's been involved in this, being an Alder on the North Side. Uh, and she's here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you for a moment about fundraising for WORT 89.9 FM. Uh, as, as Rebecca said at the top of the hour, 
you're hearing daily, regularly on this program and, and elsewhere at 89.9 FM, material, news, information, and music culture arts that you're not going to get anywhere else uh, on the dial. The diversity here is something that we're quite proud of. Uh, Rebecca, your thoughts for, 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 at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm thinking about what all the guests had to say. And um, that when Paula was talking about the, the official from Burlington, I went with then-state representative Chris Taylor um, to Burlington and talked to that person. And we did a lot of work getting information out to the people. And it's, it's radio stations like WART, media out, independent media outlets like WART, that actually dedicate resources to reporting out on the, the deep, deep information um, gathered by community members, community activists, such as um, Steve, Paula, and Jane that you have today. Um, and, you know, we can't survive without community members supporting us. We don't do it just because we like doing this work. We do this because the community needs to hear the information that Wart um, is able to gather and produce and deliver to the community. So if you feel this is important, please give, it, give us a call at 608-256-2001, extension 1, or you can go to the website at wortfm.org and make your donation at line. This is vital, vital um, service for our community, and not just our community, the whole world, uh, with our global reach through the streaming. Again, 608-256-2001. Give us a call with a donation, Please. a contribution. Please. Uh, a contribution, a donation, in a sense, to yourself. Keep in mind that this station is volunteer-powered. It's just a small number of people that r receive a, a mo modest wage, modest salaries, uh, and the rest, I think... Uh, Last I heard, there was something like, th over, well, over 300 volunteers to come in on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Uh, I'm a volunteer. Some people think I get paid for this. And people recently told me I ran into a couple of people at the Civic Center uh, one night last week. And they said, man, you should get paid for what you do. Uh, and I said, well, I get paid. Uh, it's not in monetary terms, but... Uh, the pleasure, the joy, and, and, and the learning that I encountered talking to various guests uh, on this program is how I'm rewarded. Give, again, give us a call, 608-256-2001. There's phone answers out in our lobby waiting for you to call, or you can go online at wrtfm.org. And you know, Alan, Wart, other communities around this country would die to have a, a resource like Wart in their community. This is so special. If you, you've grown up just knowing Wart is there, please don't take it for granted because most of this country does not have access to the quality of news, information, and music that, that we get. Um, so let's keep it going. 608-256-2001, uh, extension 1. I want to return to our guests today, uh, Dr. Paula Rogge, a uh, longtime Quaker peace activist, Jane Kavalowski, and environmental engineer and oppose opposition voice against the F-35s from Safe Skies Clean Water, uh, Steve uh, Klavka. 
Let's talk for a moment about the effects on the environment. It was sort of touched on before it, uh, the water and air. I, mm-hmm. I've come across this statistic that I find hard to comprehend, that each jet will emit seven tons of CO2 for every hour in flight. Mm-hmm. Yes, that, Please, Paula. I guess I could address that. that that's right. And um, so we may not feel the effects here in Madison, but this is a greenhouse gas, and it's, you know, the, the, the concentrations of um, carbon dioxide from F-35 um, exhaust are much higher than from this F-16s. And it's not just, you know, the, the CO2, but there's going to be an increase in nitrous oxides and sulfur dioxides compared to the F-16s. And, you know, and then we've also got to worry about um, the fact that um, there will be an increase in operations at the, uh, the Truex Air Force Base, nearly a 30% increase, and that's going to increase the throughput of really highly toxic petroleum substances, fuels, oils that get that are either um, vaporized or get into our water, our ground and water. And finally, you know, a lot of people don't realize that every F-35 jet has to be sprayed with this stealth coating after each flight. We don't know what it's made of, but, you know, we're very concerned that this too is going to be a problem as far as um, air and, and groundwater contamination. And as everyone knows, we've still got the problem of PFAS on our east side. Um, you know, the wells are affected. Um, they're still working on a, a good filter system for well 15 that has been closed. And we, we still have PFAS in, in the lakes. So, I mean, this is not a new concern. It, it's a, you know, it's going to be an ongoing concern with the increase in military operations there. Steve, or whoever else, can we follow up on the PFAS thing? That is where the PFAS came from. It was alluded to early in the program uh, that... Firefighting training, uh, Air National Guard firefighting training, used used the, the PFAS foams. Uh, but talk about that a little bit. Uh, it's it's not like the water suddenly showed up in the uh, excuse me the chemicals suddenly showed up in the Ahara and uh, and the lakes trickling down through the lake system. Talk about PFAS. Right. That I think the you know that the Air National Guard provides uh, firefighting services to the county airport, and the Air Force requires that the uh, National Guard use a firefighting foam that historically has contained PFAS, and um, uh, for it had been used for a long time without any concern for where that foam would go after it was used, and so. Um, uh, the ground and the groundwater was contaminated with PFAS, uh, not only by the Air National Guard, but also our own city fire department as they did training near the airport, um, what we call a burn pit, and um, also uh, contaminating the uh, ground and, and the groundwater. And unfortunately for us, you know, Starkweather Creek runs through the airport and eventually to Lake Monona, so that PFAS, those that forever forever chemicals, um, went into the groundwater, went into Starkweather Creek, went into uh, Lake Monona, and the entire Ihara chain of lakes. And this is for a long time. And so these are chemicals that don't break down. So they're in the sediment, they're in the water, they're in the fish. And um, 2018, the 
our DNR told the city, county, and Air National Guard, you're responsible for this contamination. You need to fully investigate its extent and come up with a plan for cleaning it up. And we are still waiting for them to follow up with that order from the DNR. Um, and that was another reason for not bringing these jets to Madison, because we already have a PFAS problem here that's not being cleaned up. And we don't need to make it worse by having more fighter jets. And even though they might be changing the foam, they might still contain PFAS. And so we've got uh, a, a legacy of pollution that hasn't been addressed yet. Uh, Rebecca, we just got some more pledges coming in. Uh, we did get some pledges. We got some a pledge from Louisville. Justin from Louisville says, Presente, Alan. <laughs> Justin pledges because Justin's time at Wart inspired them to launch a community station in Louisville. Forward Radio WFMP now marking six years on the air. Way to go, Justin. Yeah, I, uh, Justin was a volunteer here. Oh, gee, it seems like a million years ago because it was. Uh, we did uh, what was then called Third World View together long before I did this program. So hi- hello to Justin. He's he's contributed from afar before, and I always appreciate it. So h- hats off to you, Justin. Yeah, and thanks to Anne, um, who loves a public affair, Musica Antiqua, and Hijira. Um, to Rusty, who likes tropical rhythms, Pan-Africa, and a public affair. Uh, to Ken... Ken Sabroff, who likes Alan, who is an Alan Ruff fan. He is also a Rockin' John fan, and he likes everything about Wart. He also asks, is there an address or information about how to donate to Safe Skies Clean Water? Well, that's a, uh, a good question. Uh, Steve, you got that address at the top of, off the top of your head? Let's see. Or I don't have it on the top of my head, but we do have a website that's loaded with information. Um, if you Google Safe Skies Clean Water Wisconsin, you'll find it. And uh, the website is pretty much the way I uh, named it. And there's definitely a place on the website where you can make a donation. And indeed, uh, because we're doing ongoing uh, legal challenges to the Air Force and the Air National Guard, we've been using funds to uh, pay our lawyer to to do that hard legal work. Steve Klafka, that actually leads into my next question. You know, of course, it's been several years now since the possible sighting of the planes at Truex was announced. So where do things stand now? What's going on that our listeners should be aware of? Talk about the current legal actions. Okay. Uh, there's actually three areas. One is, um, you know, as, as we've discussed, the inadequacy of the noise standards that were used in the environmental impact statement to evaluate the impacts on our neighborhoods and our kids. And so uh, two years ago, actually tomorrow will be two years, we filed a lawsuit against the Air Force um, saying that their environmental impact statement was inadequate. And uh, we are just wrapping up our, our briefs this month and then turn it over to the judge in D.C. federal court to decide whether, uh, best case, they have to go back to the drawing board, redo their EIS, and uh, possibly stop construction at Truex until they do that. Uh, And that's uh, our lawsuit uh, on the environmental impact statement. Uh, 
we've also talked about the fact that Truex's, Truex Field is surrounded by low income and families of color. So the bulk of the impacts from these jets is gonna fall on those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, we filed an environmental justice complaint with EPA. And it's now in their court. And we've asked them to uh, get the DNR to force the county and the Air National Guard to uh, comply with our laws on the PFAS contamination and to fully investigate the extent of it. And one area we've asked them to do is to set up a program so uh, people from those neighborhoods that uh, conduct a subsistence fishing, uh, they fish in our lakes in order to put food on their table, that they set up a program so people can turn the contaminated fish in for clean fish. And that's been done in other areas, and we'd like to see that done here. Um, and so uh, it's back, like I mentioned, it's, it's an EPA's court now. Um, that uh, President Biden said environmental justice is extremely important to his administration. And so we're hoping that uh, the EPA follows through and um, takes some action uh, with through the DNR to get some cleanup uh, around the base. You know, a, an ongoing uh, struggle like this one takes many different forms historically. Uh, that is, there's the attempt to, to move things through the courts, uh, through the legal system, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, but that's also usually in parallel with or in tandem with uh, social activism, activities of, of other sorts. Can you talk about what else is going on with uh, Safe Skies Clean Water? I think um, the, the Air Force provided no funds to us for noise abatement. And instead, they're relying on the county airport to update their noise abatement plan. Um, and that is going on right now. Just last month, the uh, uh, airport finished their updated noise modeling. And now they're moving on to the stage where they are... Um, deciding what type of noise abatement they will provide. Uh, I think we discussed the fact that you could, if a, a home is in an impacted area, you could add new windows and doors to make it quieter. Um, other airports have relocated people out of the high noise area. Uh, historically, our airport has not done a good job. Last time they updated their plan, um, they didn't relocate anyone or give them noise insulation. They paid them a fat sum and, and added a, an easement onto their titles so they wouldn't sue the airport for noise. And so we've got hundreds of homes with these navigation easements on them, which was meant as a noise abatement procedure, but not a very good one. And so we're at that stage now where we have to rely on a county airport to come up, up with a noise abatement procedures and so we've been very active in reviewing how they do that, what standards they use. And uh, recently we met with the mayor's office to get the city involved because uh, this will affect uh, how the city looks in the future for decades to come. That will we relocate 3,000 people out of the incompatible area? Will we give them noise abatement or will we just give them a little bit of money and say you're good? Um, 
we need the city and we need um, our representatives to st uh, stand up for us and force the county airport to do the right thing. You know, we have about, oh, we're about 12 minutes left in the hour. So if you want to get us with a question, a comment, an observation, give us a call at 608-256-2001. We might have time for a call or two. So get it in now. Uh, again, 608-256-2001, extension 9, actually, if you want to get on uh, on the air with us. I understand that the the famed Catholic Workers National Organization uh, uh, is planning an, uh, a get-together, a conclave, uh, with uh, a direct action element in regard to the F-35s coming up here in uh, late March. As a matter of fact, the origins of this program we're doing today had to do with someone uh, uh, notifying me uh, that indeed the Catholic, Catholic workers are, are d doing this mobilization, uh, coming to Madison, and as part of their mission, they will have you know a presence at uh, at Truax. Uh, Jane, can you give us a little information on that? The, the conference is really uh, between uh, March 24th, and the action will take place on Monday the 27th, and. It's, it's a national conference, so people are coming from all over the country. It's, it's going to be a combination of education and activism, and it's, 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 we're really hoping for a huge turnout because this, this issue is so important. Uh, inf detailed information about the conference is also on the Safe Skies Clean Water website, so if anyone wants to attend, I would, and I would really encourage people to take advantage of this opportunity. There's going to be a lot of people there that know a lot about the, F the F-35s and their impact on our children and neighborhoods. You know, it's interesting, well, let me just say, I think we really need to recognize that Wisconsin was just named the state with the largest educational achievement gap between black and white students of any state in the country. Now, that's, that's terrible. That's a tragedy. That's very embarrassing. And we, if people of conscience need to come forth and learn what they can about the F-35s, learn what, it, what they can about how it's going to affect academic achievement for this, these people living near the airport. And there is a very high concentration, as we know, of poor families and, and families of color. And so this is a moral issue. And um, why should these children's future be jeopardized? Uh, their dreams and hopes are the same as all children in this city. But they're the ones that are going to be the most impacted. So I, I, it's a moral obligation to get involved in this issue as far as I'm concerned. You know, Jade, our producer tells me that we do have a caller that can get in. We can get them in uh, with them in it with a quick comment or observation. Steve, hi, you're on the air. Yeah, thanks, Alan. Uh, I say this with due respect to the important work being done by Steve, Jane, and Paula, but I am disappointed that this oppositional politics seems focused on local issues alone when the uh, when it has a national even a world importance in that the f-35 is a weapon of mass destruction that is dangerous redundant expensive and is a prime example of weapons manufacturers driving our foreign policy thank you bye I think that's a point well taken would either of you care to comment 
Yeah. But I think we're all very aware of that, that we would we share mm-hmm. that opinion. They're all over the we're we're exporting them all over the world and children are being jeopardized in countries all over the world that we're not even we don't even know which countries. But I I know that there's been concerns and there's been uprisings. Canada is the women there's a women's group in Canada really protesting. Uh, the the Canadian government wants to buy F-35s, and so far I don't I think they've been successful. It's the Women's International League for Peace and Freedom from Canada. Um, Steve, Paula, were you going to say something? Well, I I think the main thing I wanted to say is you know that people who support the F-35 talk about it's the sound of freedom, these fighter jets, but people who've actually been in combat or who, who are refugees from a countries where there have been fighter jets talk about it being a war zone. Uh, it's not the sound of freedom, it's the sound of a war zone. And so maybe it, Steve's point uh, is a good one. Of course, you know, we're opposed to uh, the increasing nuclear weapons um, uh, like the race to modernize our weapons that's now going on in in Russia and, and now in China. Um, but we, we're also wanting to really focus on the health effects so that local people understand what this means to them personally, um, whether they're whether they're pro-defense or, or not, or, you know, anti-militarists, they under, need to understand how this can affect their daily lives. So that's why we've been talking about that that the focusing on that but yes the f-35 is a boondoggle it's part of the nuclear uh, triad it's we've been told that it's not going to it will have the software to to carry nuclear weapons but it is not going to have the hardware uh be fit or be fitted out to carry bombs though that will only mainly be done by planes that are forward deployed to the middle east and so forth um so but we're aware we're aware and we agree with steve's point and Steve Klafka, you I think you had something to say on that point as well. Yeah, I think I've learned uh, with this through the Safe Skies group is that there's you know many people who have reasons for opposing bringing the F-35 jets to Madison, and you know there's you know we will be personally affected, but also the whole issue of wasting so much money on on a plane that that has been shown to be full of errors and problems and and is unreliable and nobody will be able to use it in in battle because it's not going to be uh what they are expecting and also the fact the whole opposition to war and the amount of money we spend on defense that it just uh there's so many reasons to be opposed to the f-35 jets you know, I'm going to have to let uh, let the three of you go because we do have to do some final moments of uh, fundraising here at, at the station as we were talking, uh, as I was listening to you. Uh, paper can- <laughs> keeps flowing into the, our middle studio here from the phone answerers with more people uh, pledging their support, uh, donating to the station so I really want to thank you ever so much, Steve Klafka, Paula Rogi, uh, and Jan Kavalowski, uh, for being with us today. And I'm going to let you go. And uh, Rebecca and I are going to talk on here a little bit. So again, thank you ever so much for taking the time. And the you know, you, clearly you you guys know your stuff, but I know the preparation that goes into round, <laughs> condensing it down to uh, uh, actually a, a 
an abridged edition of a public affair. So thanks a lot. You know, uh, Alan, mm-hmm. I was busy with paperwork when they said the dates of the um, convening with the Catholic worker people. Can we just one last review of what's happening and when and where? It's happening on, on March 24th to March 27th. The, the weekend will be um, a series of educational opportunities and then an action on the 27th. And where is it going to be held? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't I don't think it's all been worked out yet. But if you, if you go on the website of Safe Skies Clean Water, you'll get the latest update. Well, th- thank you for, for that. Uh, it's something that's... Probably, well, it's a national mobilization at Truex and uh, should get some national, if not international, uh, attention. Yeah, thanks the three of you for coming on and continuing to do the, the hard work of um, learning more and then, and then communicating it back to the community and uh, being in touch and coming on to WRT. Thanks, guys. So, Rebecca, we have more... People we have so many in. more. Alan, we met and exceeded our goals for for fundraising today. Um, Kevin Clark um, has donated several times to Wart, but wanted to give some more money to to your show. Kevin likes classical hegira and and a public affair. Steve Wolven also um, is making a gift. Steve. Um, from Madison, thank you so much. And we have we wanted ten donors. We got eleven. We've exceeded the monetary uh, goal that you had set. And so, boy, great show, great donors, great listeners. Why don't you run through one more time as a bit of encouragement? As people can pledge after we're off the air, but uh, run through the list uh, of folks who called this hour. We have Roberta. We have Jean, who donated online. We have Harry, Beth, Justin, who donated from Louisville online. We have Rusty, Anne, Ken, Steve, and Kevin. Thanks so much, you guys. And, yeah, there's still time to donate to Alan's show right now. Call 608-256-2001, extension 1, or on the air. And here comes another one. Um you can go to wortfm.org um, and join the join the ranks of those who love Alan's a public affairs show. Uh, I have another an, another donation, another contribution that came just into my hands as Rebecca was finishing up. I want to thank uh, James for his, his you know. His donation, his contribution to the station, 256-608-256-2001. We do have, you know, just a couple minutes, and we're going to, you know, plead with you to, plead with you, urge you uh, to give us a call if you haven't contributed yet. Uh, again, it's 608-256-2001 or online at wrtfm.org. You know, it's also local businesses that support Wirt, and Ian's Pizza has supported us today with food. So thanks to Ian's Pizza for delivering lunch to us, which Alan and I will go enjoy after the show. You know, and of course, I want to thank, as I said earlier, there's over 300 volunteers that fuel 
that energized this station 24-7-365. Uh, Chuck is in there as our engineer today. He's been uh, my, my stalwart engineer for the past uh, number of months. And Jade is also in the uh, studio producer who helps not just during this hour, but every week, I don't know how many hours she puts in to help produce my program, to get line of guests, uh, to do the uh, so much of the grunt work that it takes. We both do grunt work. <laughs> and uh, so, again, Chuck uh, and uh, Jade and Shally, our news and public affairs director, uh, and so on, I, we couldn't do it without their help. And also the receptionist, Ricky, who has been answering phones, uh, Eric and Adrienne, who have been answering phones and running in out, and out of the studio for the last hour, taking notes, taking all your information down. Thanks so much. You know, I want to thank you, Rebecca Kemble, dear friend and, and colleague, uh, comrade, for coming in and uh, helping out this hour. I've been your host for this hour. My name is Alan Ruff. And I'll be speaking with you next week. Disregard the mainstream, media distorted. We come and listen and support it. Live and direct, we come and never pre recorded. With information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream, media distorted. We come and listen and support it. Live and direct, we come and never pre recorded. With information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream, media distorted. We come and listen and support it. Live and direct, we come and never pre recorded.